Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Everybody, I am Raymond Summerlin, your host for this edition of the Roto World Football Podcast, and I will be joined today, as I am every single Thursday, by Rich Rebar to discuss the Thursday night game and some DFS options, and most importantly, his weekly worksheet column, as well as Nick Minzio, who has all the most important starts and sits for week seven of the fantasy football season. Before we get to that, however, I would like to remind you to rate and review the podcast wherever you find it. It is, as Josh Norris says, the most important podcast in the universe, which means you should rate and review it and tell everybody about how important it is. Those of you who have already done that, we, we very much appreciate it. So thank you very much. With all of that out of the way, let's, let's do the thing. What's up, Rich? Ray, what's happening, man? Week seven, and you know we're getting a lot closer into basically like full fall fall weather. I know you live in a nice, you know, warm place, but you know it's starting to get cold here. I got a sweater on. My kids are already. I've picked up sicknesses from the school. I'm just trying to put myself in a bubble so I can write up all these games and, and avoid them. Uh, but man, it's it, here's it is. We're getting deep into the season now. Let me tell you, it has been cold in Texas, and not like. And not like Texas cold, like it was. It was down low. It, it's back up today. It's in the 60s again. You know, very nice and pleasant. But for a for a run there, it was it was properly cold. Not even just not even just Texas cold. So we're we're in it, man. The pumpkin spice <laughs> is flowing, and fall <laughs> fall is officially here. And fall being here means that it's it's time for our yearly tradition of terrible Thursday night football games. And we we got a doozy this week with the Broncos at the Cardinals. 42 point total which in in the year 2018 42 point total uh that's that's rough the broncos are one and a half point road favorites i mean there's not there's not much to like in this game right so let's i guess let's just get started with denver i mean their passing game has kind of put up numbers the last couple games. It's been a lot of garbage time. Case Keenum has not been good, though. He has not played well. And Arizona, quietly, I think, I don't think anybody's really talking a lot about it. They have actually been really good against the pass this season. So are is there anything really in this passing game that you're getting excited about? 
Yeah, Arizona has been really good against the pass. It's unfortunate they can't force teams to pass yeah, exactly. <laughs> to help out their defense. Uh, but you're right. I mean, you you nailed it with the Broncos. So Case Keenum's had back to back 300 yard games, but it's games where they were like they were chasing points real early and chasing points steadily throughout the game. I don't think that's necessarily the case here. Uh, I think that the only guy you're really excited in the passing game is still Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, they haven't given up a lot of production the Cardinals to wideouts. Um, because as we said, like teams are just running down their throats at will. Uh, but they have been kind of touched up by slot guys, interior guys. You know, Trent Taylor got him a couple weeks ago. Thielen, obviously, he gets everyone. Uh, but he touched him up last week because they don't use Patrick Peterson to shadow anyone anymore. He just plays one side in that Steve Wilkes, you know, zone defense. Uh, so they're just wasting Patrick Peterson out there. Uh, and he'll be probably locked up, you know, on Sutton and Demarius Thomas while Manny, you know, is running 60% of his routes in the slot. So, like, he'd be the one guy, like, I'd still feel pretty confident in. Uh, from the Denver side but this game features two of the worst run defenses in the NFL so I mean we're mostly looking at the running back plays here the interesting thing when we talk about Denver too is they've actually been a really good running team they just haven't been able to to stay in games like we talked about Uh, they've trailed for the most amount of offensive snaps in the NFL um, but they rank third in the league in rate of carries to go for five more yards. They're fifth in the league in rate of runs to go for 10 or more yards. That's both Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman just gets scripted out of games. I mean, obviously, you're still, Lindsay is, is better than Royce Freeman. He's the better fantasy option. But this is a game where we might actually see the Broncos run the football in, in, for, for four quarters. I know that they lost Ronald Leary, an offensive lineman, but I don't think that that will matter against this Cardinals defense that has been just, – they just get run over by everyone. To that point, they gave up 115 yards and a touchdown, or 155 yards, excuse me, and a touchdown to Latavius Murray. That tells you really everything you need. Minnesota could not run the ball heading into that game, no matter who was back there. Then they Mm -hmm. had Latavius Murray back there, and then all of a sudden they can run the football. That tells you what you need to know about this matchup. Yeah, and I know a lot of people, like, I I mean, Lindsey's the guy you want to go with. He was the RB19 last week uh, on just 10 touches. He's the safest guy there. Um, but you know, in a four week bye week, I mean, if, if Roy Freeman's ever going to have a game, like to be a flex worthy guy, like this is, this is the one, like he shouldn't be rostered if you're not considering him this week. Yeah. And I, I am with you that I will have Lindsay ranked highly, uh, more highly, but I think that in DFS, I'm going with Royce Freeman just from the pure, mm-hmm. the touches haven't been there. He it's kind of, everybody's now soured on him after getting so excited in August and drafting him in the third round. Everybody's now soured on him for obvious reasons. I mean, last week was the first week that Philip Lindsay didn't have more carries than Freeman in a game that he actually finished. You know, he's kicked out of one of those games, but he still had even more touches because he saw seven targets in that game. So Philip Lindsay has been the number one. People are lower on Freeman. I wish this was on the main slate so I could play it, but in my showdown lineups, in my mm-hmm. you know, just one, one game lineups, I'm certainly going to be looking towards Freeman. I think that both of those players could have big games. The The other side of the, the game is basically the same situation, right? Like, Passing volume for Arizona is such a big concern. I mean, Josh Rosen finally topped 30 attempts last week for the first time. He had 31. And we're all going to get excited about that, right? That he finally got the 30. <laughs> but volume is is just such a concern. I do think there's something there for Christian Kirk. He's seen 21.7% of the targets in Josh Rosen's starts. He's outproduced Larry Fitzgerald over that span. He's getting the better side of the matchup here. Probably going to see a lot of Bradley Roby. Adam Jones is out. So I think that he is interesting. He might kind of have a a coming out party, a national saying, hey, I'm here, everybody party in an island game. But other than that, I mean, it's David Johnson and that's it, right? Yeah, pretty much. Like you, like you said, I like Kirk mo- the most of the receivers. Caught 15 and 19 targets from Rosen. Pretty efficient, too, with those looks. 
So, I mean, he's he's in play as like a flex guy if you're really, you know, up against where the buys hurt you this week at wide receiver. Um, and then David Johnson is interesting. You know, the, the Broncos, I've seen a lot of people talk about how it's been by design. They gave up those rushing yards to both the Rams and the Chiefs because they wanted to keep the games tight and not get beat by the pass. But we also have a middle game there where they just got roasted by the Jets on the ground too and gave up yeah. 200 yards rushing to Isaiah Crowell and and 99 yards to Bilal Powell in that yeah. game on the ground. Like People have like, been forgetting that performance. People have been forgetting the other side of that 200-yard game where Bilal Powell also had 99 yards. <laughs> yeah, so I mean it's really hard for me to say. Like this might just be a really bad defense and it's safe to say that. It's not just by design they're giving up all these buckets of rushing yards. Now, are the Arizona Cardinals a team with their high school level game planning, a team that can exploit <laughs> a matchup like this? I still am, am hesitant, but I mean, listen, DJ's got 20 touches in all three of Josh Rosen's uh, starts. You just take the volume and the matchup, you, you know, you hold your nose and play it. He's found the end zone in every game but one. Um, so, I mean, you just you just go for it. I mean, the interesting thing is the way they're using David Johnson still. I mean, it's just it's just such a problem when you watch these games. They're not using him in space as a receiver. They are just jackhammering him hit like right behind yeah. the guards too in the rushing game. Every first down, I had a, a note in the worksheet. He's averaging 1.9 yards per carry on first down. So like they're just lining him up and slamming him into the middle of the, of the, the defense. Like, but he's averaging four and a half yards per carry, you know, outside of those situations, like mix it. They've got to, this team has to mix in some creativity on offense for sure. It's like the worst version of Dallas. And that's, that's certainly saying something. Yeah. I would, I would certainly like him better if he had a more competent offensive coordinator. that wasn't just slamming him into the back of his offensive lineman. But I think that you have to look at this, especially with you mentioned his workload, what his workload has been. Mm -hmm. He has been dominating carries over the last several games. So you got to like that. I I didn't mention, I should have mentioned off the top of my head here, Ricky seals Jones. I do think there's something interesting there. He has six targets back to back games, actually caught some of them last time out, (laughs) which, you know, that's a, that's a good sign. So if you're if you're hurting it tight end, I do think that he might be an option. Looking at the betting side, I mean, there's there's nothing much to this game, right? No, we got a really low total. I mean, Arizona's been a team I've been kind of betting on. I've I've bet them three of the past four weeks, and it's been it's been good. But I mean, the the line here is just not that great. I think if you want to bet Denver, you bet them now because you'll get the better of the number. Uh, and then the same way with Arizona, if you're gonna bet, if you want to bet Arizona, you just wait to the last minute. Yeah, I think that's probably fair, but I I'm gonna be. I will be staying away. All right, moving on, like we do every week, we're going to highlight a few DFS plays we found using the DFS toolkit over at rotorworld.com. If you have not seen it yet, you should. It gives projections for DraftKings, for FanDuel, for Yahoo, including point-per-dollar values. You can customize those projections based on what you like the most. You can use different weights. You can kind of adjust them, use the sliders, and say, you know, what do I want to weight most of these projections? And then you have a lineup optimizer over there. I really like that tool. I've been using it all year. So check it out. And two players who will end up in a lot of optimized lineups this week are Joe Mixon, who is $7,700 over at FanDuel, and DeAndre Hopkins, who is all the way down to $6,900 at DraftKings. Let's let's get started with Hopkins there. I, I know this is a tough matchup. They're going to play Jacksonville in Jacksonville, but that price is an overreaction, right? Yeah, I, I think it's a little low, especially when you look at last year. He didn't play with Deshaun Watson. Against Jag- well, he did play one half with Deshaun Watson against the Jaguars in week one last year. But he had 18 fantasy points and 18 and a half fantasy points on DraftKings. Uh, he found the end zone both of those games. He's a guy that we saw last week, even in a tougher matchup. He's so good in contested catch situations. Like He's always in play for a touchdown every game. Um, and he had. Uh, he scored against the Jaguars both times. Ironically, the the, the uh, 
Texans only scored seven points in each game versus the Jaguars, and he, he caught both <laughs> touchdowns. Um, but yeah, it's a little low for his target value. I mean, this is a guy that's going to get, you know, 12 targets, you know, maybe more. He, like I said, he's got, he's, he's, he wins in contestant catches. You're not really worried about matchups with him. Uh, so you can take advantage of that. And he beat, he, he bested this price point both times last year. Yeah, I think that he's, you know, he's a great contrarian play. And I just want to add to that the Jaguars have been vulnerable to slot receivers. And it's not wasn't just last week against Cole Beasley, which whatever that was earlier in the season. Their only other the only other two they've given up four touchdowns to wide receivers all year, and two of them were to Chris Hogan, both from the slot, and two of them were to Cole Beasley. So keep that in mind with Kiki Cutie this week. Maybe someone you can also put in some lineups for for Joe Mixon. I mean, I think we've talked on this podcast a couple times already about the Chiefs being better than you think against the pass. They just you know face a ton of attempts. Where they are terrible, however, is against the run. And we saw that with Sonny Michelle. He had a massive game on Sunday night. And Mixon has been an absolute workhorse when he's healthy. He's seeing 81.6% of the carries, 13.4% of the targets. And that, that second number there is really important because the Chiefs have allowed the most receiving yards to running backs this season. Joe Mixon is an elite play this week, and he is not priced like it at FanDuel. So that's something to take advantage of. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about they, the Chiefs were just scripting teams out of the run, but they were horrendous. We finally seen someone be able to run for four quarters, and, you know, Sonny Michelle had 20 carries. The Chiefs are allowing 36 PPR points per game to, to opposing backfields this year. <laughs> like, like 36. So if you have a guy like Joe Mixon who's not sharing a workload, you know, they're not getting Mark Walton involved in these games. So, you know, Gio's still out. So you have a team that's allowing 36 PPR points per game against a guy that's getting, you know, almost all the touches in his backfield. It's jackpot spot. Yeah, I mean, like, that's that's blow-up central is what that is. <laughs> and I, I'm not sure why he's he's priced kind of the way he is, and I'm, uh, I'm going to be very, very happy to shove him in as many lineups as possible this week. All right, as I say every single show, every single time we're talking on this podcast, Rich, I say, I tell the listeners, go read the worksheet. Go do it. We're going to talk about a few players here, but the information in there, they have information in there about basically every fantasy relevant player. It, go read it. It's going to make you a smarter, better fantasy player. But we're going to talk about a few, like I said here. Let's get started with one of the best running backs in the league. That's Saquon Barkley. You know, considering they're going up against the Falcons, I, I'm going to go ahead and, and go out on a limb. I'm going to make a bet here, and I'm going to say that you think Saquon Barkley is a good play this week. No, you got to fade him uh, at all costs. <laughs> Get him out of your lineups. Definitely bench him if you're facing me. Uh, but you know, yeah, Saquon's had a really good start to start to his career. You know, we're not here to debate whether or not Saquon was a good pick. We're here. He's on the Giants. We're going to live with it, and he's producing. He's now joined Kareem Hunt from last year as the only player in NFL history that had 100 yards from scrimmage in their first career six games. He's done that every game. He almost went for 100, 100 last week. Was one yard short. It almost felt like the Giants were trying to get him there because they had nothing else to play for too at a point in that game. But opposing teams have targeted running backs 27.7% of the time against the Atlanta Falcons. It's the highest rate in the league. Saquon Barkley leads the NFL in targets, receptions, and fantasy points in the fourth quarter of the season. Kind of has been used as a receiver when those when the Giants are catching points, playing catch up. Uh, they are six point dogs in this game this week. Uh, only James Connors run more pass routes than Saquon Barkley. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, the Falcons have allowed 20 PPR points or more to every lead running back they face this season. That includes Peyton Barber a week yeah. ago. Yeah. Peyton Barber caught a touchdown pass. <laughs> that's basically, that's the end of, that's the end of the conversation, right? <laughs> Just led with that. <laughs> yeah. Like that was it. That's all you need to know about this matchup. It's, it's just a pristine matchup. It's a pristine matchup for everybody uh, on the Giants, but 
I mean, are we really going to trust Eli Manning in this situation? <sighs> what I will say about Eli, I will say this. He has been much better in a clean pocket this year, and that is something he should be able to see against the Falcons. So maybe maybe there's something there, but I mean, trusting Eli is, is really a, a tough spot. All right, let's move on to Adam Thalen, who is the hottest receiver in football. I also have no idea how to pronounce his name. I don't know if it's Thielen or Thalen. Uh, I think it's Thielen. Is it Thielen? Do you know? I mean, that's how I've always heard it pronounced. So we're going to go on that. Maybe it's just because people want to retcon the, the hooked on a Thielen nickname. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's very, that's very good. Jody Doe and hooked on a Thielen. I'm going to stick with Thielen. I like, I like it sounds better, but I mean, Thielen, I mean, he has at least a hundred yards in every game this season, four touchdowns his last five games. I, again, going out on that limb, which for me, for a guy my size is a very dangerous thing. Going out on that limb, and going to say you like him this week, right? Yeah, I also like Thielen because he went to the same college that was the college that uh, that was on Coach, the TV show. Yeah. It became a real college <laughs> afterwards. It wasn't even a real college at the time that it became. It became a real college after the fact. <laughs> I didn't Minnesota know that. That's State. hilarious. So I love that. <laughs> so I do love that fact as well, like rooting for him. But yeah, you mentioned he's the first player to have 100 yards receiving in his team's first six games of a season since Charlie Hennigan in 1961. Uh, he leads the league in just about every category, but I got some fun ancillary categories that he also leads the league in. He leads the league in first down receptions. He's second in the league in yards after the catch. He leads the league in targets, receptions, and first downs on third downs this season. He also runs into the honeypot spot. It, there's no Buster Screen this week, but but Buster Screen was playing ahead of someone. And to begin the season, the Jets <laughs> the Jets have allowed opposing wideouts. Listen to this. I'm going to run backwards through the weeks. All this right, is wide receivers through the slot. Seven for 86 and one last week. 11, 126 and one the week before. 11, 142 and zero. 9, 122 and zero. 8, 88 and one. 8, 101 to wide receivers from the slot so far this year. Hooked on a Thielen is going to be bringing it again one more week and probably and probably push Charlie Henn again in that all-time record. So I haven't I haven't finished. We record this on a Wednesday afternoon. I haven't finished my rankings yet, but I'm I'm really thinking that he's going to be my number one receiver this week. Is is he there for you? Where do you have him? You know? He's the number one priced receiver on on both sites, right? In DFS this week, I think so. Yeah, I I, I mean like that's fair. It's very yeah. very fair. What what a what a fun time. What a fun time. All right. Next up is a player who I have been expecting to break out for like the last couple games. It kind of happened last week, but David Njoku is in a spot in which he could really explode, right? Yeah, I almost wanted to tie this into all the Cleveland passing game, but Njoku's the guy that really sticks out. I mean, since Mayfield took over as the starter, uh he ranks third in all tight ends and targets with thirty. He's third in receptions of all tight ends, 18. He's sixth in receiving yards, 176 yards. He's sixth in fantasy points. He finally got in the end zone, got his first red zone target last week. Uh, Tampa Bay has allowed a tight end one in every game this season. They're the only team in the NFL to do so. They're allowing a league-high 97.2 passing yards per game to the position. Um and they're allowing 4.2 offensive touchdowns per game, which is the most in the league. So it looks like a great spot for Njoku to keep this train moving and and get himself firmly planted in the top of the tight end positions this week. And you mentioned how 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 giving they have been in the tight end position. Zach Ertz, Vance McDonald, Trey Burton, and Austin Hooper have averaged 13.6 standard fantasy points the last four games. That'll play in the uh, in the tight end world we're living in. That is that is awesome. So yeah, I absolutely love Njoku this week. Finally, you know, one of the more interesting matchups for this weekend 
is the Saints traveling to Baltimore to face the Ravens. It'd be weird if they were going to Baltimore to face any other teams. So yeah, they're going to play the Ravens. So what what sticks out to you about that matchup? Yeah, this is the, you know, it's been a lot, you know, uh, in the fantasy circles about does defense matter or not? And this is the game to ultimately find out, like what wins. One's out because we got the number one offense in the NFL scoring offense facing the number one scoring defense and some other stats that they both rank you know higher and lower on uh than on two ends of the tail you'd believe i mean so new orleans is averaging 17.2 red zone plays per game that's the most in the league baltimore's allowing 5.7 red zone plays per game that's the best in the league the ravens are the only team that hasn't allowed a touchdown scored in the second half of the game this season they've outscored opponents 62 to 12 in the second half of the season that's the largest differential in the league the saints the number one second half scoring team in the league and we want to talk about an individual player level. Drew Brees now is, uh, we know Drew Brees in these road games outdoors. He's finished as a top 12 fantasy scorer in just 10 of 28 games outdoors on the road over the past five years. In those games, he's averaged just 16.2 points per game as opposed to 21.3 per game otherwise. Over that same span, Baltimore has allowed a top 12 scoring quarterback in just 12 of 42 games at home with three um, with three just over their past 18 games at home since the start of the 2016 season. So to stoke the flames of offense versus defense, this is the premier matchup of the season uh, for the two best teams in offense or defense. I will say that the Ravens, we inherently know they have a good defense. I think they showed it against the Steelers on the road a couple weeks ago. But it is of note that they have faced Team QB Bills, Marcus Mariota, Case Keenum, and Baker Mayfield in four of their six games. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see it because you're right. We know that the Ravens have a good defense. I don't think there's really any doubt about that. We also know that you know this is on the road, which with Breeze, that's that's always a, a bit of a red flag. We saw it against the Giants a couple weeks ago. So it's it's one of those interesting situations where where I don't think that you're sitting Breeze probably, but it's going to be like it's going to be like that situation mm-hmm. with Mahomes against Jacksonville, where you're going to have to lower him down a bit. But then you look at it and go, all right, well, what what quarterbacks? Am I starting Baker Mayfield? against Tampa over Drew Brees. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so I had a conversation with this because I have Brees in a couple leagues this year. And I'm debating the, the Winston Brees dilemma in a couple leagues. And I think I'm so going to go a, Winston. That's a good one. Yeah, no, so I think that's I'm going to go Winston for sure. But yeah, it's tough. I even wrote in the worksheet that he's. it's tough. to. You're not really looking to stream a guy like Brees. The reason you have him is so you have a free extra roster spot. You don't yeah. want to carry two quarterbacks with Breeze. That's the whole point of having him. So I wouldn't go out and stream for him. I think it's a situation like where like Rivers, Philip Rivers was in last week too, where you expect him to be a little bit lower than his nor- normal output, but you don't want to go out and just put like one of these guys off the waiver wire in over him. Yeah, and Winston's different because Winston, Winston's going to be like a what a top eight quarterback the rest of the way probably. Like the I I, I tweeted out a stat the just last night that the. The Tampa Bay quarterback, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's been like a top eight quarterback all but that Chicago game. So like it's, mm-hmm. yeah, like Winston's a bit of a different story. But yeah, I think you're right that you're not going to go and waste another roster spot on a quarterback because you're right. That's why you have Drew Brees. And so you're going to you're gonna send him out there and see what happens. All right, thanks as always, Rich. Remember, you can follow Rich on Twitter at Lord Reeves. You can find the worksheet, which you should all read at rotoworld.com. And I will be back with Nick Minzio in just a second. Listen up, fantasy football fans. You need to try out Draft. It's weekly fantasy football, but with no salary caps. On Draft, you play in live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. It's a draft that lasts for just one week. There's no roster management. You set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's absolutely it. Drafts start every couple minutes. You can join one right now. And the best part? 
you're playing for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft out there for everyone. Come and join me on Draft today. You can download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes, or you can play on Draft.com, whatever you like. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use our promo code ROTORWORLD. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using our promo code ROTORWORLD on your first deposit. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com to get started. And we are back with Nick Minzio, who writes the Stardom and Sidem column over at ROTORWORLD.com every single week. Go and make sure you read it. What's going on, Nick? What's up, Ray? Living, living the dream, my friend. I'd be living a better dream if the Astros weren't down 1-2. At the time of recording, you guys are going to know what happened. So send me send me the requisite messages based on what happens on, on Wednesday night, please. Yeah, I heard that I heard that last game got a little wild at the end there. What, Ozuna gave up like five runs in the eighth or something like that I was reading? I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I, there are lots of reasons to be very upset with the fact that Ozuna is on my favorite baseball team. But that's neither here nor there. This is not a, this is not a baseball podcast. It's a football podcast. And we're going to talk about your starts and set. And we're going to get started with a swing. Let, let me say off the Big bat, swing. you are taking a home run swing here. Big hack. And that's with Corey. That is with uh, Corey Davis, who, I mean, he's gone as the Titans have gone all season. Now they're in London to play the Chargers. You, you're liking his chances this week. Why? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously been a down couple of weeks for the Titans offense as a whole, getting losing 13 to 12 in Buffalo, then just getting embarrassed last last week at home against the Ravens. Uh, Mariota took 11 sacks. We all know this. Completed 10 passes. But in that span, Davis has seen 10 targets, 73 total yards, scoreless yards, I'll add. Five catches total in that span as well. But before that, weeks one to four, he was seeing over nine targets per game, and he's and he's seeing a really robust thirty percent of the tight, Titans' target share. So I like the, I kind of like the Titans just to bounce back in the spot. London games have a have a have a tendency to shoot out a little bit. I mean, last week was a total dud with the Seahawks and Raiders, but those teams are both pretty terrible. Not that these teams are that much better, especially the Titans. But I like this game to shoot out a little bit. The Chargers have been on the road for like ten days now. They stayed in Cleveland. They're flying flying over to London. I don't know if they flew over there yet, but I know they didn't go back home. So it could be a little tired on the road. Um, Casey Hayward's just not playing as good as he was previous two years. He's allowing one hundred thirty point seven passer rating in his coverage through six games and then the, the two previous years his passer ratings in his coverage were 53.4 and 58.6 so i mean just this this past defense as a whole is not playing as good as it was and i'm just going to take davis's volume to the bank with this one there's so many so many good receivers on by this week that i think he's he, he could return some wide receiver three value and i think we have to say about the titans so they had that explosion game against the eagles mm-hmm. in which davis obviously had his best game of the season and then they come and play the Bills and the Ravens, and they're just terrible. But the Bills and the Ravens are two of the best pass defenses in the league. Like, the Bills yeah. have been outstanding since the first part of the year, and they were outstanding against the pass last year. They were, other than the Jaguars, maybe the best fantasy pass defense last year. So it's not surprising they're doing that again. The Ravens have obviously been outstanding. They'll be tested this week with the Saints, but they've been outstanding. So maybe maybe we're overreacting a little bit to those performances. And like I was saying with Corey Davis before that Eagles game and everybody's like, should I drop him? Should I drop him? I was like, we're going to hold. You know, he like you mentioned, he's been dominating the targets. Like yeah. his underlying numbers here are great. He has a 41% of their air yard, 62.5% of their targets inside the 10. It is all about this offense with him. If this offense turns around, if it bounces back, he's going to have a blow-up game like we saw with the Eagles. So if you Absolutely. think that's going to happen against the Chargers, then I, I think this is a pretty good call. Yeah, I like this spot a lot for him. I mean, I think Mariota can bounce back here in, in London. Potential shootout. I, I mean, I like this game a little bit. 
yeah, I I think it's a it's a home run swing, but it could be uh could be one of those rare good Chris Davis home run swings uh, to bring the baseball back around. The good Chris uh, Davis, not the bad one. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> we gotta make, we gotta clarify here. So in the waiver column, I wrote about Antonio Callaway. I still had him as an ad, and I said I would completely understand anyone who wanted to jump off the train because he has been awful. But I just can't quit his volume, and I just can't quit his matchup this week. Is that kind of where you are as well? Totally right there with you. They're just so beat up at receiver. Rashard Higgins is still out with that sprained MCL. Derek Willies broke his collarbone. Rod Studer just suffered a season and neck injury last week. Josh Gordon shipped out of town a couple few weeks ago. So Callaway played a season high 97.3% of the snaps last week, saw 10 targets. Once again, did nothing with them. Two catches for nine yards. Dropped, or he missed a long touchdown, like got lost in the sun or something like that. He had another drop on a long long completion that should have been caught last week. So, I mean, he's he's getting opportunities, like we're saying, but just not cashing him in. But this matchup, like you said, against the Bucks is just too good to pass up. 32nd in pass defense DVOA and 31st in fantasy points allowed to receivers. I mean, guys like Ter- Taylor Gabriel have had huge games against this secondary. Nelson Aguilar had a huge game. Ted Ginn had a huge game against him. And then like the regular dudes like Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Julio Jones all put up big numbers so I like this I mean this spot's just too good to pass up for Callaway yeah and you mentioned it he's dropped so many big plays at some point he's going to catch one of them right he, he caught he caught it against the Saints right in that big spot at some point he's going to catch another one of those and when that happens he's going to have a good day and if you're making a bet about when that's going to happen against the Bucks is a is a pretty good time for, for us to for us to expect at least that big play so come on. All right, let's move on to the other side, to the to players you're not as high on this week. And I know people wanted more from him, but Jordan Howard actually had a pretty decent game last week. He just was limited to 14 carries. Is that kind of the problem you're expecting again this week? And he had that fumble on the goal line. So yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Just missing that touchdown was huge. Just His snap share has just gone down four weeks in a row from 72.7% in week two, uh, 62.2% the next game, 54.1% the next game. Then they had a bye, and then he was at 51% last week. So going in the wrong direction here while Tariq Cohen's going in the right direction. He played a season high 48.6% of the snaps last week. It was like pretty even 50-50 split. But like you said, Howard averaged 4.9 yards per carry last week. Um, That's the good thing. The fumble was the bad thing. And then not scoring a touchdown at all was a bad thing. Just Cohen's just playing out of his mind right now. I definitely expect him to come back to earth, obviously, and I don't expect him to go for 150 yards a game like he has the past two weeks. But Howard's just not catching the ball at all. He's his his floor is just so low, and I just feel like this game could 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 be a runaway for the Patriots. I mean, I know it's in Chicago, but if this game turns into anything where the Patriots are running away with this, Cohen's going to be on the field, and Howard's just going to be left on the sidelines. And you mentioned it that that fact that he he has one target in each of the last two games, and that is a massive red flag. Because he was kind of involved in the passing mm-hmm. game early in the season, and it just hasn't hasn't happened. And then with this situation, they you know it might be a situation where they they're having to chase the game late. Yeah, it's it's a tough situation for Howard. Finally, we have Will Fuller, who has been a massive disappointment the last two weeks. Now he's heading to Jacksonville. Is there any hope for a bounce back here? Yeah, I'm not feeling it. I mean, he's been on the field plenty, but Kiki QT's emergence in the slot right there is just kind of taking some of the some of the looks away from Fuller as like it was just pretty much Hopkins and Fuller, and that was like it. But now that QT's in the mix, Fuller's the one uh, seeing the less of the targets compared to Hopkins. So three targets each of the past two games, 15 yards against the Cowboys two weeks ago, then 33 yards against the Bills last week, no touchdowns. I mean, he seems healthy just – 
they just couldn't hook up on one of those D balls last week. And then you got this 42 point total game. Both offenses are kind of just like not playing well at all. And then the Jaguars are still, I'm, I mean, they got like boat raced by the Cowboys last week, but I think they were totally unexpecting that. And they should come back for a division game here, here at home against the Texans and come back and come back and be up to play in this game. So I'm just not liking either offenses in this game at all. Yeah, and you mentioned it. He had a long, probably should have been a touchdown that Watson, I believe, just overthrew him on, if I'm remembering mm-hmm. correctly. And with him, there's always a chance that happens. But yeah, there's there's serious reason to doubt he's going to be able to have a good game. And I talked with this uh, with Rich about this earlier. I actually think that Cutie, and I'm glad you mentioned him, might be the play here if you're looking at DFS yeah. tournaments because – that's where the, this defense has struggled. And Fuller's not going to be able to really benefit from those slot snaps. So it's a Absolutely yeah, it's, agree. It's, it's not a great spot here for, for Fuller. All right, thanks as always, Nick. Remember, you can follow Nick on Twitter, at Nick Benzio. You can also follow Rich, at Lord Reeves. You can follow me, at RM Summerlin. Also, do not forget to rate and review wherever you find the podcast. And we will be back to talk to you next week. longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keepitfunohio.com for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.